Welcome back to the Twisted Builds podcast. Uh, it's me and Kevin on today, and it's been a minute again, and it's mostly my fault because of our busy lives. But I, I, I don't uh, think we're back. Fault, uh, we are tr- both of our faults, but <laughs> yeah, we are very two very busy men. But um, I I made a Facebook post a while back about the podcast and uh, the fact that I want to bring it to at least a bi monthly. A podcast so um we're gonna shoot for two times a month not gonna guarantee that's happening there's a lot of stuff going on definitely with me personally um but we were i, I we're gonna try to do that so um just to bring that up uh as i said we're gonna try to get that done i want to i just I, I enjoy talking to you about all this fun gearhead stuff we talk about i just want to get back into the rhythm of doing it so i know i've said that a lot on this podcast but we are gonna try so we live well, some we'll very try, busy try lives. Totally and as right. you can see, Kevin. <laughs> welcome, Kevin, back with no beard. Yeah, well, welcome. Now, was that a job from... thing or? No, 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 no. I, I got tired of it. The, the maintenance on keeping it as long as it was, was painful. And it was really tearing up my face, not being able to fully clean up in there, even with okay. some like expensive shampoos. Um, but yeah, I just got tired of it. Okay. I was curious because like you you had it like so long before. I wasn't sure like that was a big change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I basically decided that like over two days. And but, people at my work were uh, were telling me that they didn't think I'd do it. So then that just made me do it. <laughs> that yeah, that'll do it. That'll definitely do it. So we have, we've been talking, um, on our, we have a discord. Um, if anyone doesn't know, uh, Twisted Bill's discord channels. Um, and I probably need to make that more public. I'm not quite sure how, cause I'm not a very big discorder, but, um, we have some subjects. We've been working on this since March. If you quite a few uh, guys don't know. Yeah. We, we've got a lot of subjects. So, um, I'm going to kick it off with, I don't know if you have the list up, but I've got the list up. No, um, I can't start with something quick. you I'm had up. That's, that's fine. Um, 3d scanning and printing a dash panel, integrated switch panel for Jonathan's truck to control as many light bars. That was back in March. Yeah, but... that, that never happens. So I keep the scanner in my truck okay. with the accessories. And every time I go over there, he stores my powder coat equipment and my oven. And I, I don't know if I okay. even told you about that, but I started doing a whole bunch of powder coating. Well, every time I go over there, I, I go and I, I migrate to the powder coat stuff and stay away from this truck. And I've just been too lazy to actually scan it. I had the entire dash panel for about gotcha. two days and it was too lazy to do the entire dash panel. So I was just going to do it in his truck and then have like some sort of switch overlay. And mm-hmm. I just never got to it yet. He's on vacation now. I don't know what state he's driving through or currently in, but yeah, oh, he's, nice. not even, he's not even here with me. <laughs> oh, shout out to Jonathan, by the way, uh, Mr. Cupcakes. He'll know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He texted me the other day, just asking how things were. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I keep going here? Uh, you had down again, we're reaching back. So uh, if you don't <laughs> remember, I understand. Cause this is back from March 15th, HR 1435. Oh man. You remember what that was? Some sort of automotive bill that was passing or may have passed or already passed. I, yeah. This was a few months ago. Okay. Y- yeah. This is months ago. I can, I can talk about killing off the simple dollar boost. Um, okay. I actually have the original one. Hold on. This is the one that started, literally started the business. I don't know if you knew that I got my hands back on it. This is the one that I, this is the one that I literally sent to Matt Happel because he sent me like what all started this was he sent me a bunch of uh, Arduino stuff. He got a starter kit and I already had Arduino stuff, but he sent me all his stuff. He's like, I want a, a simple dollar boost. So I got the original one back that I found the guy or the guy actually found me that bought the Colorado. Okay. And, um, and after we were just talking, he was talking about the boost controller and it still works. I mean, it's in perfect working condition, 
but I was like, man, I will, I will make you a, a dollar boost or simple dollar boost, put whatever screens you want in it, get up to you. I'll, I'll pay the return shipping. Like it's all free. I just want the original one back. The, the one so, that started it that's all. What that's going to be a shelf piece. <laughs> oh, it is. That's been a shelf piece. That's why I was, I was sitting right here on my desk. But, um, I actually, so I killed off the simple dollar boost, uh, probably about a month ago. There hasn't been a lot of call for it. Um, I was working, uh, there's been a lot of stuff personally going on, which I'm not going to go into on the podcast, but, um, I was full bore ahead and I still somewhat am on my, uh, dollar, it'll be like dollar boost 2.0 or something, which the name's not final, but, um, the, what it's going to be is, um, I'm working on getting, uh, injection molded housing and it's going to fit it's going to have the same dimensions as a uh, oil pressure gauge. So anywhere you put like an aftermarket oil pressure gauge, you will be able to fit this this boost controller. It's still going to be open loop. It's going to have a knob right on the controller itself on the gauge panel. So you'll have the little OLED screen, the knob. Um, it'll be a four-wire hookup just like the simple dollar boost, but it's all going to be nice. Like I'm stepping up my game. Uh, I just want to bring out a higher quality product to the people. So I'm working on bringing it into, uh, it'll probably be injected molded uh, housing and uh, like a round circuit board and everything inside there. But um, A, it should be easier to produce. Uh, B, it'll be easier to keep stock because a lot of the stuff for the simple dial boost because the ship shorters was going, like it was getting hard to find some of the original stuff I made. And I could have updated the design, but I wanted to move away from like the project box type deal and the 3D printed parts to a professional injection molded nice clean product so mm. that is coming to market i've got most of the designs down the housing i'm gonna edit this but i'm gonna cut this right here for a second i actually might leave this in the in the podcast um right here i'm back so it's not the cleanest print but i've got a resin printer now so a, a resin 3d printer so I can get pretty close to um, injection mold, like smoothness and quality mm-hmm. from it. I don't know if you can see that. Like there's I some can... like white residue left from it because it was like my second attempt. But the gauge, obviously the screen will be there. The knob will be there. And I can like on the YouTube video, I'll, I'll insert some photos of what the uh, 3D renders are going to be. Mm-hmm. And a little box, it'll have a mount with a little, uh, just like an oil pressure gauge. Mm-hmm. So... I don't have any kind of like pricing or anything yet, but it's coming. So, so you you obviously have all that modeled up already. The whole thing. Okay, nice. Have, have you thought about maybe making a metal version, or or do you just think for for production cost to keep them low and still a high quality well, product you're working toward? I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against a metal version. Uh, as you said, it's it's cost. Mm-hmm. So, but. We would definitely could definitely run the numbers and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in my work. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff fixture heavy, and okay. I've been learning so so much about running giant pallets full of multiple parts at a time. And that wouldn't be too hard instead of just doing one and loading it in, taking it out just to do like a whole table of like a hundred or 150 at a time. Okay. We're definitely gonna have to talk about this because yeah. that, <laughs> that might be, that might be what we do. Cause I could also powder coat the housing. Mm-hmm. It'd be the most dis- like durable boost controller out there. Cause I was already planning on <laughs> indestructible, potting the run it over. I want to say indestructible, but Feed because of the, o- the OLED screen, like that's still gotta be visible, but I'll definitely send you over the file for this. Um, mm-hmm. See, have you take a look at it, see if it's something that could be done. But yeah, that's that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, as I said, before talking to you, my plan was to just do, um, just do it injection molded. Mm-hmm. But because I found a couple companies United States side that will do low run production, uh, uh production injection molding by That's low run thing. i mean like 250 units at a time or what well, even, so. even even that for to produce a mold to do that is still very high cost so 
finding anybody stateside at all that would do a, a low production run. That's that's tricky. So there, the companies are starting to use resin printers to mm-hmm. make injection molds. So okay. you use a resin printer to so, print the mold and then put the mold in the mold machine and use that. The stuff we talked about previously was that was that form lab stuff am i yes. or is that a different okay i recently got an email i think yesterday from the school that i went through in the training for uh all the solidworks classes i've taken because i'm SolidWorks certified in like nine different mm-hmm. things now one of them being mold design uh but they sent uh, an email chain out yesterday saying that they are now partners with form lab so i didn't even know that but i will probably have some some access to get into form lab specific training here soon, but I would love to get into that if they do pop up with it. It's, it's awesome. And like I found, as I said, I found a couple of, of companies, uh, one's in Utah, a couple in California, but there's at least stateside, um, United States side that would do the low run production molding. That's how they do it. They'll 3d print the mold, put them in their injection molding machine, and they'll just crank out parts. Now, mm-hmm. That mold's not going to last as long as an aluminum or a steel mold, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for low runs, like small mm-hmm. production runs, which is all I'm looking for, like 250 at a time would be perfect for me. Um, if it takes off, then yeah, I'll have to look into doing bigger runs of them. Oh, we're having internet issues. Yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay. So all I, I heard was you said something. something. You got a cheap one. <laughs> okay. So uh, start back with what you're saying. I don't remember what I'll say. What were we talking about? I've already lost. Oh, okay. I was just saying like, <laughs> I, I had, a, I, I bought a cheap one. I was just floored by how the resolution was. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it absolutely floored me with how it, it was cheap. It's a, like, mm-hmm. it's like a $200 resin printer. So. I've, I've gone down the rabbit holes of the, uh, the screen upgrades or the homebrew ones with some, really high quality screens and even down that rabbit hole of the world's smallest micro resin printer. And you can print a little bench okay. that goes on the top of a pinhead. Like they, they have some crazy detail stuff. I can believe it. Like you learn so much just like, like I had no idea how a resin printer even worked until I got one in my hands and started playing with it. And it's like, it's my word that the, the tech is crazy. Now, mind you for, production runs it makes no sense at all mm-hmm. but for making molds or something of that sort then it makes sense mm-hmm. because like this little guy right here in my hands took almost nine hours to print oh goodness yeah so again it makes no sense like there's probably and again i'm very novice so if anyone listens to this podcast and is like there's no way it's because i'm green but um, I'm going to say this probably took about 6 to $7 in resin to print. And it took, again, eight, nine hours to print both pieces. So is, is, that, resin, is that resin really that expensive for that part? Six, seven dollars worth? Yeah. Really? Okay. I haven't, I haven't seen yeah. the prices of it. And that's like, that's U.S. based resin. Like I've been trying to keep everything like as obviously some of the chips and stuff are overseas the pcb boards are overseas but i've been trying to get my like supply chain of what i'm making into the states mm-hmm. um but but yeah that the the resin's not cheap definitely once i was going for a tough resin so this isn't like the cheapest like stuff you can get out there this is like a a resin that is made for like impact quality so like it toughness so something like if i were to like manufacture the part for sale it's something i would want to you know print it out of which wasn't my intention originally anyway. I just wanted to, like, I wanted to play with the residency. But, yeah, you, and again, it might be because I'm new and I'm still learning. But, um, yeah, it wasn't the cheapest thing to print. So it doesn't make any sense for production runs. But as I said, for, like, making molds and stuff like that, which was kind of my idea. Is like, if I were to get, like, an injection molder for prototyping, not for production runs, but prototyping stuff at home. I could probably get that, use the present printer to make a mold and kind of go from there. Sorry, I can rabbit hole real easy. Oh, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. We could. So we had, and again, I'm just going through because we literally have like a month of topics here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you added something I just saw. But uh, chat GPT-4 and mid-journey would be an amazing topic. Yeah. So 
I, I actually, I got hooked on a few of those videos of like, hey, make some passive income by using AI to throw some stuff up on Etsy. And, and I, I, I started out on that and I never fully finished the Etsy account to, to post gotcha. anything up. Uh, but yeah, the chat GPT, I was throwing it some, uh, or not chat GPT. I was using mid journey to make some, uh, posters of some Silverado's just giving up some uh, keywords okay. to play with. And there are some beautiful, beautiful renderings that, uh, that I've been passing over to my buddy, Jonathan. And, and he's, he's really enjoying mm-hmm. them too. Nice. Have you played with chat GPT four at all? No. And I, I'm kind of hesitant to. Yeah, I can hear you now. You, okay. I, okay. I, it must just, I don't know if it's my connection, but anyway, I heard your cousin hesitant and that's where it stopped. Yeah, yeah. So I, I am kind of hesitant in using the chat GPT model. I don't mind using like the AI image generation, but I don't know. I'm, I'm apprehensive on on that. <laughs> and I'm not really sure entirely gotcha. why, so I don't have an answer as to why. It's just I don't want to dip my toes in that yet. I, I don't know what it can turn into. So, so. I was a very early adopter. Mm-hmm. Not the fact of like, I trust it wholly because I don't at all because it's still a, a, it's a machine and it definitely could be wrong. So I've been like, I'll ask it something or have it do something for me. But where I was going with that was like, I've asked it to do stuff for me. I've double checked its work, but this, the power of that sucker has is incredible. So you've, uh, have we talked a lot about um the canvas stuff I've been filling with in my spare time? We- we i think we've touched on it slightly okay so uh i i have a very in-depth or i believe i have a very in-depth knowledge of how like the canvas 2.0 b standard works um because that's how most of the automotive stuff's in that standard until you get into the fd can network messaging so fd which a lot of people are going to think like formula drifter, like that means anything. It's flexible data. So the data of the message isn't fixed. Like cam point or 2.0 B isn't normally an eight bit message. Flexible data. It could be, I think up to 29 bits or something like that. And it could be down to a certain number either. I'm still learning it. I'm very green with the FD networks, but most of the modern vehicles are going FD. So I may have had, uh, you know, I logged in the chat GBT and I'm like, okay, what chipsets would I need for FD communications? What kind of code would I need for FD communications? If I gave you a snippet of a, re- like, a recording of an active car and I'm like, I know this, this message ID is this, can you interpret this data for me? And it's been darn near perfect almost every time, except for I've caught it. I've had it catch up on some of the chips it would would search the internet for me and look for like fd chips for making pcbs that work on the fd can bus network the first couple were the 2.0 b which i knew from working with that standard and i like i told it like hey you're wrong that's can Mm 2.0 b like it'll apologize to you which is kind of (laughs) funny and then it'll find the correct one Uh uh-huh and yeah so you kind of it's like it's like it's not 100 percent perfect you have to guide it uh-huh. but it spits out working code uh-huh. like you can just kind of give it hey like, think of it like dream or, or mid journey for uh-huh. code like hey so i kind of want I, this and give I, it somewhat an outline i don't know really because from what i've seen i mean it's it, probably because i'm not we're on the fourth version right now correct i think but from yes. what i've seen yes for people trying to have it write code there were so many issues from just computer code to, to G code for machining. And I mean, that's just from, from my experience going It'll through. It'll straight what other up write viruses at this point. If you give it the right but. question, chat GPT for at least, cause I've been keeping up. We both probably watched like another podcast, which was the WAN network or the LAN, the WAN show, I guess that's what it is from Linus tech tips. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where I get a lot of my information, but I also, uh, I'll do some Googling around and just playing with it. But if you feed it the right question to work around its safeguards, it'll write viruses for you that work. Oh, well, I've Not seen, that I've done I, that. I have, I have seen 
not rest necessarily like easy, but how people have kind of beat it into submission to get around its yes. safeguards um, and saying that and given it so many, I guess you would call them so many double negatives in a row for what it needs to do. It gets confused and then just kind of goes back. And just on does it. it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I have obviously like, I have, I have no intentions of like, you know, like having it write viruses or anything for me. I was just using that as an example, but the automotive related code that thing can spit out is incredible. Now, mind you, you have to go over it all to make sure it's not doing anything. It's not supposed to, or it's going to work, but it like, it's starting to teach. Like I like, I'm using it to learn Python. I haven't learned, I haven't learned Python in the longest time. And you could literally have it train you how to code things. Okay. Double check against Google and everything like that, but you can use it as a training resource. Okay. Well, I can see, I can definitely see it being useful in that sense. Uh, sorry, I got my laptop on my lap. So the You're camera's fine. all over the place, but oh, I don't know. I had a train of thought and then I lost it there. I, I you ever heard of uh, what is it called? The, the basilisk? Is that what it's called? Like the, the yes, the creature? basilisk theory. Yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what I'm like kind of looking at, at AI and I'm like, that I chat don't know GPT-4. Yeah, dip my toes into that that it being Skynet. Because yeah. even because <laughs> even like the the creators of it are now starting to get scared, which mm-hmm. is hysterical. Well, it's been which, it's been you've heard the story of it I tricking agree. tricking the people, uh, where somebody yes. one of the trainers giving it money and and it worked around uh, the 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 cash or what do you call that captcha. The, Capture, capture. Yeah. it worked around a capture yep yeah, yeah so it, it hired um it hired a, a person off task rabbit task rabbit's a website you can go to to do simple tasks off photos to do text like photos to text that uh some supercomputers can't quite do yet so it, it's like you make pennies per time or whatever but mm-hmm. it hired a person off task rabbit to solve a capture that it couldn't solve and then lied yeah. to the guy telling them it wasn't a robot do yeah, it. that it was a, it was a, an elderly person with bad eyesight. And yes, <laughs> like, that, like that's what kind of scares me. Even even if it's not like, or even if it if it never is some sort of like quote unquote consciousness, I don't want mm-hmm. something trained that can lie without any internal moral moral battles going on. Like that scares the crap out of me. It just has an end goal and it's going to get to that end goal no matter what. That's, that's why I'm kind of like wanting to stay away from it a bit. Yeah. I hear you there. And it's like, again, I'm using it just as a tool and it could Mm -hmm. definitely go way too far, but yeah. Well, I mean, I can see it being very helpful for, for training, especially because, you know, different people say, I, I can see it being useful for, training so like different people they learn different ways so i can see how it kind of learns Mm -hmm. on the individual to better yes steer a way of learning toward someone's way of learning i don't don't really know how to explain it too well english is not not good in in me but that's (laughs) but i can i can see the usefulness there yeah like for me like with python scripting like i've i've Python is becoming a language of a lot of the chipsets are based on definitely modern stuff. I'm very, I'm very pro C plus plus because it's what I know very well, which is very rudimentary mm-hmm. compared to all the modern languages. Um, with FD can networking, that's that's kind of what's put me into or out of my bubble, I should say, and trying to get into Python. Which it's I I don't know. It's probably just me. It's taking a while to learn it because it's like it's just completely different. You being able to use chat GPT four just to feed it questions. And it's like, not only is it giving you the answer, but it's giving you the reasoning behind the answer and okay. you can try it for yourself or you can Google it and whatnot. I guess it's just been very helpful, but yes, that was my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just going I, through our, you you might've just convinced me to, to give it a shot just to see what it can do. It's like learning this stuff. I don't want to help necessarily train it to get any, <laughs> any more in depth I agree. being a human than what it is but <laughs> but using it for a tool like and again like yeah. i i understand that like i completely understand that because it needs to have safeguards and stuff um because it could definitely get out of hand but uh, it, it me and my wife were talking about it um you ever watch this is I watched, I didn't watch a lot of TV growing up, but in my college, like my tech school times, I watched TV. You ever watch Person of Interest? 
No. No? Okay. If any of our listeners out there have watched Person of Interest, it will remind you of that. And it's very funny because it's it's crazy that just the time that we live in where it used to be just Hollywood folklore. Now it's like, oh, no, it's real. Yeah. So- and it's, and it's, it's on a... Uh, it's on a path that's uh what do you call that not linear but exponential <laughs> as well yes <laughs> so yeah I know yes, i'm a big fan of uh ray kurzweil and he's a big uh predictor for for future technology and he's everybody mm-hmm. that is in his uh field is like oh no you're you're too optimistic on what it's going to be and he, he breaks it down he's like no it's going to be a lot lot faster and, and a lot better sooner than what you think everything builds on prior <laughs> it's not just some some Moore's law slope. yep yep every it just it's going to skyrocket at one yep. point yes i agree and it's like the amount is taking over things right now is crazy definitely with like what microsoft is because microsoft bought most of chat gpt out so they're incorporating it into a bunch of their suite of products and it's just you stuff that they can do is insane mm-hmm. so you had uh, one that I just saw. I'm switching subjects. Uh, new three axle gooseneck project. Yes, yes. So okay. tell me more. I I got a lathe from a lady, and it turns out her husband was an oil field mechanic and oil field machinist for a number of years. He passed away a few years ago. She's cleaning out all of his junk, and apparently he took home everything from his work that they allowed him to take home that wasn't bolted down. So I, okay. I initially got to this lady cause she had an old LeBlanc lathe. That's about double the size of my current lathe um, for sale. Super, super, super cheap. So I ended up picking that thing up a few months back. And then she also had an oil filled skid shop. So a giant steel building made of plate steel all the way around about the size of a shipping container, but way, way, way thicker. And, and homemade and it's on a skid where you can drag it around the ground because it's on, basically on skis well she also had an old oil filled i think it's a 22 foot long bed not including like the the gooseneck on the front but uh a three axle gooseneck trailer she had it sold to somebody they tried to hook a gooseneck to the hitch of a truck okay. And couldn't get the, the neck down low enough to haul it away. So they were like, well, I don't want to deal with it. And she was like, Well, I have a plate. You can put a you can buy the plate from me and put it on your truck and you can drive away with it. They're like, Oh, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. So that deal fell through from there. And then she's she's working out a deal with me. And I'm gonna end up picking that up. Uh, it has awesome. it's a home built trailer, or I guess shop built trailer, and which in Oklahoma where I live trailer laws are amazing you don't have to have tags you don't have to have lights during the daytime if something's not blocking your your tail lights on your vehicles uh you don't have to have titles for them you can build them from home and even if you want a title for it you just go up to the dmv and i think last one that i claimed was built i paid like six or seven dollars to get a title for a quote-unquote home-built trailer like oklahoma laws are amazing that's why i live in the state that's crazy but it was built out of some thick like three inch oil filled pipe and this like triangular bracing everywhere it's got three axles on it that are the seven thousand pound mobile home axles that you can they're the right dimensions that you can swap out with the eight lugs that are on all like the heavy duty axles now so it's got twenty one thousand pounds worth of axles underneath it (laughs) and 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 i researched the other day I have a Dodge Ram 1500 for people that don't know. It is LS swapped with a 6.0 out of a Denali and okay. a moderately built 4L65E. That is going out of my truck and a 7.3 Power Stroke and Allison out of my school bus is going in the truck. And okay. they currently make six different versions of uh, the hitches <laughs> for my 1500 that I'm going to put on <laughs> and haul a gooseneck around with the Dodge Ram 1500 with a power stroke engine. <laughs> 1500 axle still? Uh, no. So I'm duly swapping out of the school bus and throwing it in 
and I have the okay. third gen Dodge that has the bolt on dually fender, so they're they're fairly cheap to pick them up secondhand. Way okay. way cheaper than having to buy a bed from someone. Because all so, I was thinking is you're up. gonna put all that weight on a fifteen hundred oh, axle, no, and it's no, not no. gonna be happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, what what I what I what I'm happy with is that they share. I believe they share the same frame as the as the diesel versions because they're the fully boxed okay. frame the the cabs and obviously they're the cabs are the same the beds are the same the clearance underneath is the same so when i did the ls swap and i took the dodge engine and trans out mm-hmm. and threw the ls in there was more room like i can stack bodies on bodies on top of my transmission before they hit the, the bottom of my cab so i'm, I'm okay. not going to have an issue with with that and i don't think i'm gonna have an issue with with frame because it's a fully boxed fully boxed frame okay. from the factory i measured the width of the leaf springs from the school bus axle school bus axle and mm-hmm. i think they're about a half an inch off total length so i may i may not even be able to have to modify too much and just stretch the springs out the springs to, out to hit, yep and i might yeah. just everything else on that truck swap has basically been bolted together so i i That's notched awesome. the v6s 3.6 or 3.7 liter Dodge Ram V6 motor mounts notched the corners and it bolted to the side of an LS. My transmission mount, I don't know if this is going back to probably one of our previous times we've talked, but the transmission cross member landed dead in the center where the, the 4L60 transmission uh, mount was. So all I had to do was okay. I think drill two holes and bolt it up. It was like the, the world's <laughs> easiest swap. Everything bolted up with very, very minor modifications. Either slot the corner or drill new holes and it's there. I didn't have to relocate anything or weld anything. It was just it's unbelievable. Oh, that's awesome. So if I can just keep that momentum going <laughs> with a power stroke and dually swap, I'm gonna keep yeah, that momentum this, going. Yeah. I I don't know if you will, but that would oh, it's gonna be a cool swap to see regardless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because that uh, seven three is definitely a lot larger. Mm-hmm. I haven't worked on a lot of seven threes, honestly. It it's the that, that that was like out before my time. This is, I think, the the, the first gen power stroke. Is that what they called it? Because the other ones were like the IDI. They had a different name, I think. But uh, this isn't like an IDI. Yeah. It's the, it's the electronic version, unfortunately. But it was like the first generation okay. of the electronics and stuff, and very easily modifiable. And to kind of go full circle with that, last weekend I ended up picking up a waste motor oil, waste vegetable oil filtration system from a guy a few towns over okay. that used to run waste motor oil and make his own black diesel and ran that in his hot shot trucking business for seven years. And his wife got tired of seeing all, okay. all the stuff in the garage, so I picked that up. So I'm going to be running that truck off of some some black diesel that I make myself. It's just going to be awesome. I can't wait till all nice. that. <laughs> so it, it's one of those awesome. older engines that uh, it's got the looser tolerance in the injector, so it doesn't mind getting fed used motor oil or transmission the, fluid. Yep. You filter it down enough. Yep. Yeah, that, that'll definitely take it. Because definitely the new motors that are like the, the low sulfur diesel mm-hmm. stuff, they just will not take. Well, any, of, anything newer they got optical sensors on the fuel lines as well if it can't physically see through the fuel it won't let you run i didn't know if you knew about that yeah i don't know i don't know about ford i'd have to look i you're probably right i don't do a lot of diesel i just okay. i haven't done a lot of diesel the um i i i've been i'm gonna just say it on the podcast i've got to watch what i say about ford um I stay a lot with the transmission stuff and electrical. We're gonna leave it at that. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of transmission stuff. A lot uh, of transmission stuff. Well, <laughs> but, but yeah, just leave it, leave it at that. <laughs> We're gonna leave it at that. Um, have you worked on the Camaro or anything at all? Oh no, I need to. It's I've been doing a lot of. I was just curious work on my land. And that has taken up every weekend since mm-hmm. it has not been frozen. Right. And this entire weekend, because I'm at my grandma's right now. She's, she helped me watch my kids on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a different town, hour and a half, two hours away from where I live tonight. But all this weekend, I'm I borrowing my neighbor's skid steer with a big old grappler on the front. And I'm cleaning up the, the mess the previous landowner left me when he bulldozed half the trees into piles and just piled sand on top of it so i'm cleaning up so much of that mess and burning it 
I, I, I know you know that I caught my land on fire a few weeks ago. I think that was yes. on Chris or not Chris on. Was it on Easter or the day before Easter? Easter? It was Easter, Easter weekend. I, yes. Yeah, it was uh, yes. not fun. There was a brush pile. We called uh, me and my neighbor were both burning. I'll tell you the whole story. We're burning some brush. Um, we called the fire department. They gave us their blessing. There was no burn ban. Uh, the wind was like zero to four mile per hour for the day. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Well, apparently everything was still dry. Everything now is just completely soaked with water from all the rain we've had and all the leaves are, are green. Well, it was not that whenever I started the fire and it was massive. And you've seen the picture, that entire yes. ash pit was a mountain of tree brush and all that went up immediately and it started spreading and it hopped almost a hundred yards over a sand pit where the shop pad is with nothing in between it. And it hopped like just 20, 30 feet from my neighbor's property and started uh, a big fire there. And I was running around like a madman with my chainsaw cutting down cedar trees. And they are plenty around my land. And if one of those cedar trees goes up, say bye-bye to everybody's trees. Because if one of those, they're they're a candle, and they're just going to keep jumping left and right. But uh, we got it under control right as the fire department showed up. They were like, well, you got it under control. Do you want us to put it out for you? It's under control now. I was like, well, it's under control, so probably no. I want to keep burning the brush. The big part's already on fire and already ash now. Uh, I had two trees on the property that, that ended up catching fire that were hollow. So they were just stove piping. Oh. it was yeah and then so they're like i was like do you have a chainsaw because they showed up in a pickup truck and they're like yeah we got a chainsaw uh they cut down those two trees that were just completely hollow i don't know what sort of infestation they have but i'm glad i found that out so i can prepare when my house gets built that it's not going to yeah. be permitted or or something else but yeah that's that's the story there jeez <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw the photos. I'm like, oh, like I was so like I was glad to hear that it wasn't like it was bad, but it was then it... But it was 45 minutes of straight terror. Uh, that's I'm out of shape, and and I'm not really out of shape, but you don't realize how out of shape you are until you're fighting a fire for about 45 minutes straight. You have 900 feet in one direction of of garden hose. Because we don't have just spigots everywhere. Everybody's got like five or ten acres. Yep. So we ran nine hundred feet of hoses, and we were running out of that. And we had multiple offshoots, and it was—you <laughs> don't realize how out of shape you are until you try to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can—I can only imagine. We don't have that issue around here, but uh, I can—I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But it's good to hear that, like it, you know. It was under you got it under control and everything. Yeah. What what was started that there was a there was a topic we were discussing. And I went on a on a tangent there. I don't remember what we were talking about. I was talking about yeah. like me being busy with Ford and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. oh, and my weekend. I've got the taken up. yeah, yeah. That's how it went. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I um I've got as I said before the podcast. I'm not gonna say much on the podcast, but I've got some family stuff going on. It's just been tying me up, and that's why I haven't got a lot of business stuff done. Um, I think since the last time we recorded, which has been a long time, um, I started a 3D scanning business, mm-hmm. so I'm still running that. I've got a couple of local businesses that are using the 3D scanning service. I have you can kind of see the computer at the very corner of the screen there. Maybe I can't turn. see it. There it is. But anyway, but yeah, so um, I've started that and the scanning stuff I have is awesome. Um, I'm very stoked. I'm using that for the S10 build. And before some of the family stuff started in, uh, I had, I'm a nut and I had three builds going on at the same time. I still technically do. So I've got a, you know about the S10, the Firebird's making a comeback. Okay. Uh, It's been a while for that one too. Yeah, the Firebird's got a new to it engine in it um, with a LS1 stock cam. Uh, I'm pretty much going to put it back together. And this this go round, I'm going to actually run it off of a P56, I think P59, whatever the factory ECU. That's not a P01. I think it's P59. It's P59, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be running on that with uh, ethanol and everything because it's going to, or flex fuel because it's going to be ethanol powered. Still. Yeah. That, that, that's going to do that. That does the, I think you could do it with the PO1 as well. It's just restricted on what you can do for boost with it. Or I, I can't remember the details, but yeah, the P59 is definitely the good one for ethanol. Yeah. And it'll do like, it'll do automatic control because I got the full AD in there, which I had wired up full manual for the longest time. But I just, the, because, I was told at the drag strip to slow it down or, or put safety equipment in because, you know, it has no safety equipment in the car. Uh, it's just gonna, I, I hurt the last motor that was in it. I spun the number one rod bearing, um, which I'm sure I know why. Like I shortened the oil pan. I think I didn't leave enough gap between the oil pan and the pickup. So I probably starved it when I spun it up to 7,000 RPM uh... under load. Yeah, so I spun number one rod bearing. So I put a Gen 3 5.3 in it. So it's like I can't hit it with a pile of power. But um, I'm going to pretty much just make it a burnout and ice cream car. Just to have nice. fun with it. It's going to do a lot of burnouts. So because like I want to get it going just to enjoy it for the summer. um, And work on the S10 and the Silverado uh, at the same time. You haven't heard about Silverado, I don't think. You know, know about the S10. So yeah. the S10 front suspension, uh, I got to do the steering and sway bar. The front suspension is completely done. Um, it's mainly just the center drag link and the tie rod ends. I got to fabricate all that stuff up. And the um, sway bar mounts to the lower control arms. And the whole front suspension on that truck will be done. It will be a full roller. I, I, was, I was bragging about the front suspension and showing off some pictures to one of my buddies the other day at work. So <laughs> it, has I'm 90, glad. 90 de- it has 90 degrees of total steer yeah, left to right. Crazy. 45 <laughs> both directions. Oh, man. Because, so, again, it has I, – I think to the point where the tires actually touch – it's like 93 degrees of steering. So if I like if I stop it where it doesn't touch, it's 90 degrees of total steering, 45 both directions. Mm-hmm. So That's now nasty. in saying that, there's a lot of pro drifters that get 80 degrees one way out of them. Um, I didn't do that, but I set the truck up to where if I want to run the wider, uh, if I want to run a wider stance in the front, um, I could always just make longer control arms and I could easily get that steering out of it. Mm-hmm. So the the way I got it set up right now, it all will fit underneath factory the factory fenders and everything. It's gonna be the factory mm-hmm. width. So factory width with forty five degrees of steering each way. That's, so that's nasty. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm excited. So that's uh, I think I told you about the power plan on that too. It's got a six two. Mm-hmm. I'm putting a seventy eight seventy five in it. Mm-hmm. NV for thirty five hundred. It's got an eight eight in it. Do you already do you already have steer- your turbo uh, turbo bot or? Yeah, turbo's here. Okay. Um, I may flip, I may switch it up a little bit. Why? What were you thinking? Well, I'll just I go different. You, no, no, no. What I was letting you know is that, that, that Cletus has that deal going on. You get a keychain. I know. Entered it. There's so many turbos. I thought about emptying a paycheck every day, trying to see if I could buy a turbo <laughs> for a keychain price or something. I was like, hey, I ain't going to do that though. I'm yeah. lucky, but I'm not that lucky. <laughs> Yeah, I have no luck when it comes to that stuff at all. Oh, so, but um, but no. So like, I've got seventy eight, seventy five. My main thing is I want it to be like a blower. I want it to hit like instantly, mm-hmm. definitely for drifting. So um, I may have to flip the turbo game up a little bit, but we'll see. Um, then I've got the Silverado, which I don't know if I talked to you about the Silverado at all, except for mm-hmm. what I just talked to you now. Yeah. Uh, believe it's an O four Cat Eye. It's O three or O four. It's a Cat Eye. Um, it was a Duramax Allison setup. So one of my buddies, me no, two years ago, you did, what? you did tell me that you ended up. Yeah, never mind. I don't I, think I, I made it. I don't now. think I it's made it public. Yeah, it's yeah. been a while. So um, I was keeping it down low because of titling stuff going on, but now that's all finished. Uh, at least the title work stuff is. Um, I, my buddy, uh, it had been Roman Akmov had, uh, I think it's an 04 Silverado. Um, he ended up passing away in a motorcycle accident and I went to, uh, the garage to help his family clean up from, he had a functioning, uh, uh, well-known functioning auto repair shop an independent automotive repair shop. 
and I helped the family kind of shut that down and take care of like the equipment and stuff like that. And, and he, this truck was gutted. He was in the middle of building it. Uh, he was doing, I want to say he was shooting for four digits out of the Duramax. So oh, he had the engine man. at a machine shop. He was buying, he had the nitrous kit there for the truck. He had, um, larger turbo, stuff like that. But as I said, he passed away unexpectedly from a pretty bad motorcycle accident. And, uh, so I helped his family kind of take care of things and the, got the truck put back on wheels and everything because it was just gutted and the shop he was in, he didn't own, he was renting it. So, uh, we had to get the shop cleaned out and long story short, they ended up giving me the truck as a thank you. Plus they knew like I wanted to keep the truck, at least if it wasn't me, it would be me or a couple of his friends because we knew him from that truck. That's like Mm -hmm. how we all met. So, um, so yeah, I got the truck and it took a while because the title work ended up not ending up correctly. So it took a while, but I got the title work all finished up. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't have the money to put a Duramax in it. Plus I'm not a diesel guy. If you haven't figured that out. <laughs> so neither uh, am I, I I'm, bought, I'm jumping into it. <laughs> yeah. I bought a six liter LS from a junkyard. It was a no or no full crank over special. So I got, uh, it would rotate about three quarters of the way. And that was it. I'm like, sure. I'll spend $500 and that. That sounds like a good buy. So oh. I, uh, <laughs> I bought that and I bought a $300, uh, 480 E. That was a, like a, a complete core that I can rebuild. So $800 of the drivetrain so far. Took the motor apart, found out it's a reman GM motor and the, um, the remanufacturer, those, whenever you remanufacture LS heads, they can drop the valve seat real easy. That's mm-hmm. what happened on this one. It dropped the valve oh. seat, dropped the valve, valve hit the piston. Thankfully, uh, the the wall is okay. Um, it needs a rod and a piston and just rebuilt. I need another set of heads, which I've got. I'm going to put 863 heads on it to just bump the compression up to a stupid high number um, and just run it. So that's the, the plan same- for that truck. Same CC chambers as the 706s, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I was like, the 706s is what I have on my 6 right now. Bump the compression up. but <laughs> Yeah. So it works good? Yeah, it works good. I, I, the, you don't really need the smaller valves if you're kind of going NA or even with a little bit of boost. There, Unless you're making some high numbers, you don't really need the bigger valves from the other heads. And, and yeah, you get more power out of that that can that compression boost because <laughs> it cuts a lot of cc out of the chamber like it does a quite a bit chamber. Yep. yep so but yeah so it, the this engine's 40 over as well so uh from whenever gm remanufactured the motor so wow, wow. i gotta get a pist- 40 over from one reman yeah that's that's big <laughs> i don't wow, know yeah i don't know maybe it was the second reman through the motor i have no <laughs> idea but it's a four, it's definitely 40 over it's 4040 bore Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna get a piston for it, rods, and just a rebuild kit, and that like that truck will be going together. Another factory PCM build, and then I've got an MS3 for the S10. So mm-hmm. you're like but, me, I got so many parts laying around, and they're all like new or in the box, and then I just have not got a complete project done yet with any of it. The uh, I got a, a tuning cable for my my Enduro. I got one of those. $3,000 Chinese dirt bike, street legal dirt okay. bike, one of those hot 250s. And I rode that back and forth to save on gas when I was going to trade school a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it saved me a lot of money in gas, almost 80 miles to the gallon out of that little, not even really a 250. I think it's like a 239 or 229 or something like that. Well, I've okay. been wanting to put a turbo on it forever because it cranks out and I have it geared and it maxes out at like 71, 72 on the highway with a tailwind and that's full wrap and, and you're getting passed on I-35 by people doing 90 and it's sketchy. So I kind of want to keep up with traffic. So a while ago I got a VZ 21 millimeter turbo, uh, Amazon special and that's going on it. And I actually, I got the tuning cables in the other day. So it uses a Delphi nice. MTO five ECU, uh, believe okay. it or not in that Chinese, Chinese little dirt bike. And I can't wait till that, that thing's getting some work done on it, but I have all the parts and the cables came in. It's just, I haven't done anything with it yet. And same with the, nice. the Camaro. I got engines laying around and I got brand new 
uh, water meth kit, and then I had some turbos, and then those went away, and then, yeah, I don't, it's just, I got b- new parts, but nothing to come together yet. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, I do it, a lot of, like, the build stuff just because it's fun. It's, like, it's my hobby. Even though mm-hmm. my day job is wrenching, mm-hmm. I still enjoy just the wrenching at home on stuff. Just on my time, my kind, like, my kind of deal. And, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just relaxing, kind of, yeah. I guess. I, I can't wait till the head, but yeah. the, no, no, you're definitely not. I, I can't wait till a lot of the, the labor that's needed to get my land together is finished off because once I get that, that oil field skid shop out to my property, it's getting a lean to on the side of it. And then it's going to be large enough to fit a car underneath it with some jack stands. And then I'll really actually be able to start doing some work. But like okay. when I, when I have, 10 acres that have brush piles littered here and littered there and littered there and littered there and they're all piled yeah, in and I got to pull all that out, separate it out, smooth the land back out. I, my neighbor gave me a, a high dollar bag of grass seed that he had left over. So I put down 40 pounds of seed in my front yard and thankfully we've had rain come through the last few weeks. So it's been water and all that for me. It's just, it's too much. I've been picking up trailer loads of old telephone poles and line in my driveway with those for when I bring in the gravel. The gravel doesn't go into the sand and just kind of disperse. And mm-hmm. just every time I, I look at it, I find 10 more things to do out there. And I never have time for my fun hobby. <laughs> I hear you there. I hear you there. My, no, I'm, I, I was full bore this, uh, this spring. Um, I was full bore like, man, I may get so much stuff done. And I guess I, I'll say it cause it is public. Um, my uh my father got diagnosed uh in April with stage four lung cancer. So uh because of that I've been with my family for obvious reasons, uh helping them out. So if anyone asks about like the S ten build or the Firebird or whatever and why it's taking so long, A, it's already been taking long. That's added to the timeline, obviously. But yeah. um I was full, like before that, like before the news of my dad came down, like I was like, boom, 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 boom. It was S10 Firebird Silver, like, you know, S10 one weekend, Firebird next weekend, Silverado parts or like engine and trans came in more S10 work, more Firebird work. And it just like, I was just rolling through along with the, um, like the simple dollar boost stuff mm-hmm. or the new version of the dollar boost and stuff like that. Cause you were, you were working... a machine for a while. There was, like you, you're updating me on everything. I'm like, how are you getting all that done? <laughs> yeah, not sleeping. Lots of black rifle mm-hmm. coffee and no sleep. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I was, I was getting a lot done, and then that happened. It kind of put a stop to a lot of it. But it's gonna come back. It's just for obvious reasons. I gotta be. You know, family comes first. But, um, but yeah, no, I. I, I'm also like I think you and I have talked. We were talking earlier about the CAN bus stuff. I am working on bringing a CAN bus. Um, I haven't figured out a name for it yet, but it's kind of like a CAN bus sniffer to market, just because I want to mess with people. Just name and a can of worms. Allowing... Oh, can can imagine. Of worms. <laughs> oh, like we're gonna like if people people if you've listened to the 55 minute mark of this podcast or wherever we're at right now, like here's a knowledge bomb for you. Like the amount of stuff you can mess with on a new vehicle and make work that would make a lot of people mad. My whole <laughs> idea here is to make it to where I'm going to dumb down the knowledge to where literally anyone can watch a training video, grab my equipment. That I'm going to try to make a uh, budget friendly, like mind you for the equipment I'm going to be releasing. I'm guessing it's going to be in the five to $700 range, mm-hmm. but Th- that qu- somebody that in the training, automotive hobby that's not really stretching the wall that's too not much. that much yeah. right and you could take like a 22 or a 23 car do all kinds of stuff to it and make it work like it's factory stock mm-hmm. and give that information to the masses mm-hmm. just to mess with people i'll do it open open it up and open source that stuff a little bit <laughs> yeah Make it, uh, make it to where like almost anyone can reverse CAN bus engineer. Cause like I had a project, which I can't talk about on this podcast because I was personally not with twisted builds, but I was personally working with another business 
um, that gave me a bunch of knowledge into the CAN bus structure, definitely on modern vehicles. And, uh, oh, yeah, it's coming to market. Like, I'm going to just <laughs> make it open it up, like the whole decapped injector thing. Uh-huh. Uh, did I ever show you the photo? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going in a bunch of different directions. I'm just Go like, for it. squirreling around. But did I ever show you the photo of where Bosch started adding do not modify and big black letters on their injector boxes? Uh-huh. I'll have to send that to you. Oh, that's funny. It's literally that's just gonna like, make you they do have the more. part number. And right underneath, it's like, do not modify. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) All from like, now, mind you, I didn't come up with the idea. And I always tell everyone this, like, because I was the one that got Matt Matt Happel started on decapped injectors and he made it big, but I was the one that started him on it. And what started me on is like, I was dirt poor at the time. I needed to get more flow of an injector to feed my Firebird engine. And like, I couldn't afford a set of injectors. I'm like, I wonder if I decap them. And I like, I started looking around online at Subaru guys. The Subaru guys are, are who started it that I can, that I know of because they, those older engines had like a side feed fuel injector that was dumb to get like the aftermarket ones are so expensive as like crazy. So they would decap their injectors. And that's where I got the idea from. Mm-hmm. And just to see the snowball effect of like, you know, I, I did it on, I was probably the first one to do it for an LS injector. And then Matt Happel takes over my research and just makes it, you know, yeah. worldwide. Well, he, he had a lot of audience. Too, so the, moment, the moment he started doing it, 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 it really it just blew up. Yeah. 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 I was actually showing my, I was, again, I am squirreling, but I was showing my coworker the other day. I'm like, cause we were talking about, oh yeah, I decapped injectors. I'm like, oh yeah, here, here's a video of Matt Habble shouting me out. Like I got this information from Dale. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy, you but know, <laughs> I'm that guy, but do the same thing for CAN bus reverse engineering, modern cars because of, uh, we'll say overreach mm-hmm. and end it there. So yeah, that, yeah. I know where you're going yeah. that, and I could go on a yeah, camp as well. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, it, it is planned. Like I've got a couple of buddies that are working with me. Um, Sky Schmidt, if you're listening to this, you're the one of them for sure. He helped me with a lot of stuff on the um, initial run of my little prototype box I was using to reverse engineer stuff. So um, he's going to be coming on board with a lot of the CAN bus stuff. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, so I know I tangent. I don't remember where I started with that. But anyway, that's a future product. But yeah, well, that's what we do. We just go and branch off and then branch off a branch. <laughs> yep. But yes, so uh, I guess to wrap it up, um, as I said, we're going to try it. A lot of it's both our schedules lining up. And there may be times where uh, we all three are uh, having a guest on, which if you have any ideas for guests, I mean, we can do like I am. Mm-hmm making this public i guess but yeah we're using zencaster to record the podcast so if any of our guests want to come on remotely like the way me and kevin do it uh just reach out um the facebook group reach out to either of us um you can reach out on the facebook group or message me i'm on facebook uh you would have to are you on any social platform instagram and that's it i I don't do the facebook or twitter and and i and instagram's purely for the memes and and jonathan can attest to that because if our uh if our chat got leaked we'd be in trouble with the memes back and forth but (laughs) that's the only reason i'm on instagram but i can be reached on instagram so navy burnout right or navy blue burnout blue burnout okay um, I'm Delphal at 18 on Instagram and I also have uh, the Twisted Builds LLC Instagram as well. Or reach out to Facebook or email me, Dale at twistedbuilds.com. Um, or reach out to Kevin and uh, we'll get you on the show if you're interested in being a guest. As I said, we're going to try to do this bi monthly. We may not adhere to that, but we're going to try. My, so. my schedule is a little bit better now. So weekends, we can keep that going. We had some very big projects at work that was requiring me to put in a lot, a lot yes. of hours. So that I saw some of that, has been out which is door. insane. Yes. Yeah. We, oh, I don't think you've seen the video, right? That the most recent one, the big old spool with all the teeth spinning. So yes. I, I don't want to put too much out there, but we might have some sort of, uh, or we're trying to talk talk the boss man into doing some sort of promo car car eating video of some machinery <laughs> jeez that would be awesome yeah. just pure destruction that yeah, always goes yeah. over well yeah 
<laughs> have have one big machine eat another machine. <laughs> yeah, those that that would that would promote very very well. Just because like we've saw it from the social experiment of uh oh gosh darn it uh the YouTube channel he breaks everything diesel guy oh uh, whistling diesel thank you yeah yeah. I liked his uh, most like, recent Ferrari video, and I'm waiting to see what happens with Ferrari's lawyers on that one. But, <laughs> but again, that's like the whole social experiment to see him come from pretty much nothing. He starts destroying a bunch of stuff, and now he's like very, very rich and famous. When I first watched his stuff, I was so mad at him, and I was one of those haters. And the more I watched, the more I'm like, this is absolutely hilarious. You know what? I'll kick exactly. the door of my truck. It's just a truck. Like, it's just, oh, it, that, that whole demeanor's changed on me. And you see him getting kicked out of all these Facebook pages from these these old old people in their car communities. <laughs> and, yep. Yeah, I, I love Whistler Diesel. Yeah, so, but yeah, so as I said, like, the the the, the piece of machinery eating another piece of machinery would machinery would be yeah. a good promotional video for your guys at the shop mm-hmm. but all right i think i think we're gonna be done for this podcast sounds um, good it's been awesome it's been yeah. awesome to catch up and i i'm looking forward to doing this i'm going to gosh darn it i will make sure that this happens like mm-hmm. i know a lot of it's been on me but i am making it a point it, I, don't I don't blame yourself you like be accountable too, because there were plenty of times where you were available and then i thought i was in the last minute i couldn't do it so don't blame all yeah. that on you it's just mutual so, any of our any of our listeners that made it this far we're we're going to be actively trying to do this so uh, I want to I want to grow the podcast, get our name out there, and just uh, this is fun. This is just mm-hmm. a good time. So, all right, thank you all for uh, listening and watching, and we're going to catch you on the next episode. Thanks, guys and gals. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.